Alrighty, hello again, everyone, and welcome to it. It is the 10th, 11th day of August 2023. Happy, delicious Friday. Amen, brother, we made it. I am Derek Hunter. I am your host, and I'll be guiding you to the whenever I'm done uh, through the news of the day. Don't forget, tonight at midnight, 12.01, to be exact, Eastern Time, the Week in Evan Review goes live at patreon.com slash Podcast or derekhunter.locals.com. The news spoken about and the newsmakers spoken about the way they deserve to be talked about, quite frankly, because they're terrible people. They truly are. And every once in a while, it takes an F-bomb to really convey the contempt in which we hold these people. So check that out, please. Only five bucks a month. Support the program if you could be so kind. All right. Uh, Another programming note. Enter to win the contest at Patreon or Locals. The uh, drawing will be held in a week, as I said, I'm taking the week off. Although, I'll, if something happens, I'll be here to, to do it. I'm just trying to relax before things get even crazier. And uh, Dean, my friend Dean Carianis, the history author podcast guy, is going to be here trying to, doing a good job. He's going to do better. You know what? You're going to learn a lot about history, I promise you. I don't know if he's going to do interviews. He's free to do whatever the hell he wants um, next week. So check it out. And he should do interviews. If he's got the setup, it's a much better microphone than I have for interviews. And he asks much better questions. So check it out. And uh, please spread the word. And the Week in F and Review will be going on as normal because that's how I, I never miss an opportunity to swear. It's just a policy I've had since the first grade. <laughs> anyway, appreciate all the support. And the kind notes. And I'll be on email. Like I say, I'll be around. And uh, let's get started so we can get the hell out of here and get to the weekend, okay? First, there's a lot of stuff going on, a bunch of things to talk about. And it's one of those days where you sit there and you go, where do you start? Where do you start with this stuff? Do you start local with the insanity of crime? Do you start national with the insanity of Joe Biden? Do you, do you, because you go down that Biden rabbit hole, you're kind of stuck. You're, you're stuck. There's so much going on down there that you may never pull up from it. Same with New York. I do love how they sit there and talk about how they've, uh, they can't afford any more sweet, nourishing, illegal aliens. The sweet, sweet, nourishing, illegal aliens. They're being, being uh, just overrun with them. And they're going to spend an ungodly sum of money on them. Really? Pretty sure, you know, kicking their asses out of the country, following the law protecting our national sovereignty would be a hell of a lot cheaper but that's just me i'm an old-fashioned person who says oh this is the law well then we should follow it (laughs) those people charged with enforcing the law should enforce the law rather than go yeah but i don't really care for that law so i'm not going to if you did that you'd go to jail if the people in charge of enforcing the law decide to do that why they will be elevated as heroes by the left across the country, except in Florida where they have been, uh, at least two of them have been booted so far. Wouldn't it be nice if other Republican governors across the country exercised the power they had and suspended these prosecutors, these left-wing prosecutors? You don't want to enforce the law. I'll get somebody in here who does. It'd be a nice change, nice change of pace, but they don't. 
they very rarely do that. All right, well, let's talk about enforcing the law and not enforcing the law. And, of course, talking about illegal immigration and the southern border, the wide-open southern border. It's kind of funny. One of the uh, Castro brothers, Julian, Joaquin, I don't know which one. I don't really care which one. They were down there, and they tweeted a video of them near the border the other day going, this is the barricade, the floating barricade that Texas Governor Greg Abbott has put out in the Rio Grande. And it's it's bright as day. It's orange. It's huge. You can see it from a mile away. This is a dangerous death trap to the sweet, sweet, nourishing illegal aliens, the best people among us. They're the be- really If they're not bright enough to be able to avoid a giant day-glow orange series of orbs in the middle of a river then I don't really think that the uh, the southern countries are sending us their best and brightest, right? I already suspected heavily that they weren't sending over a whole bunch of people with startup cash and really good ideas, and all they had to do was get to Silicon Valley. They already had the angel investor cash. I already suspected that wasn't what was sneaking across the southern border. But if they get caught up on floating balloons, and we're told, we're led to believe that these floating balloons, they're not really balloons, but they're floating orbs, they're plastic. We're led to believe that those things have killed people. Killed people. How they never say. It's it's amazing how the obvious question when it comes to the press is so rarely asked these days. It's so rare. There are a whole bunch of illegal aliens who really aren't, you know, if you're going, all we've got to do is get across that raging river down there. And they go, yeah, but I can't swim. And somebody says, ah, you'll be fine. And you do it. I'm not sure why I'm supposed to feel guilty about that. If you can't swim, don't enter the water. If you really want to cross the border illegally, if you're hell-bent on accepting Joe Biden's invitation to play the dumbest game of Red Rover ever, find a place where it isn't really deep and really raging there are lots of places along the rio grande where it is not but again if you're not super bright i can't help you what are we going to put baywatch let's do a reboot of baywatch but put it on the rio grande i know i know i'm heartless it's mean and i'm nasty and i'm just a horrible horrible person and you know and i'm comfortable with that but you watch this stories and julian or joaquin castro they're twins so It doesn't really matter. They're the same person, essentially, anyway. But you sit there and you go, oh, these people, they're they're stuck on these. How do you get stuck on these things? Well, you get stuck on them by going, hey, there's that thing in the middle of there. I bet I can climb over that. I can barely swim, but I bet I can get out to that and climb over that. Well, you're really stupid if you do that. But that being said, I don't think that's what the problem is. I think we're dealing with people who had other problems. You're not, if you look at the footage of illegal aliens and they're not migrants god it drives me nuts it, the ap style book decrees something to be and it's always some left-wing crap it really is pro-life becomes anti-choice and every newspaper and news organization in the country goes well it's anti-choice now okay they do this uh, black when talking about a person has to be capitalized why i don't know why we're just for george floyd or something okay so you're gonna do it for a drug addict what? No, you can't say it. He's a saint. My God. They painted a mural of him. He must be a saint. Uh, okay. 
Let's look at the toxicology report. You're not allowed to talk about the toxicology report when it comes to him or anybody else. Just the other day was the anniversary or whatever, nine years or whatever it was since Mike Brown committed suicide by cop in Ferguson, Missouri. And Corey Bush, the chud from that district who represents the district, for those of you unfamiliar, the Chud is a movie from the 80s. It stands for Cannibalistic Humanoid Underground Dweller. Google it. It's a classic. And she's like, yes, uh, Mike Brown was killed, murdered by police. Yeah, except that, you know, he attacked the police. He just robbed a liquor store. He, he, you know, he, was clo- he reached for Darren Wilson's gun, as evidenced by the fact that there were powder burns on his hand from the shot fired within the police car as he was reaching through the window trying to grab the gun. Mike Brown was not a saint. If there was literally anything, anything, the Obama administration could have charged Officer Darren Wilson with, Eric Holder would have. Perhaps no case has been more investigated than that one. And they couldn't come up with anything. They didn't even, they didn't even file a... He violated the civil rights. We're making this a federal case. Eric Holder said we can't do anything. Mike Brown attacked him. That's where hands up don't shoot. I remember the first time I ever heard of that. The first time I heard of it, I think it was on MSNBC, and the story was this guy who was just about ready to go to college. He was just about, he was getting ready to go to college and then he was gunned down because he got a, an iced tea or whatever the hell it was. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? At first, I thought this is a terrible story, and then the truth started coming out. And you're like, this is this is the same story. And like, yeah, this is the it's the same story. It's just evolved. See, over time, eventually, Democrats run out of nooks and crannies to hide their lies in. Anyway, we're straying. It's just I thought I'd note that anniversary. Deal with leftists who have a very low opinion of the public. And I can see why somebody like Cory Bush or the Castro brothers would have low opinions of the people who elected them. I mean, they elected them. Can't really, not really a group of people you'd pick to be on your trivia team. But they're whining about the southern border, the southern border, the southern border. Their all concern is the illegal alien, not the victims of crime. Footage upon footage upon footage of able-bodied young men with neck tattoos. I don't know what that means. What's the tear for? Is that uh, is that one tear for all the sadness you have over the people you lost in your march up to the United... No, it's about murder? Okay, there you go. Yeah, and these are the people who are streaming across the southern border because smart people and people who have things to contribute to society come in the front door. Why? Because they can make a case for letting them in. That's the secret. It used to be. People say, oh, Ellis Island, all these people. Of course, they were Europeans, code. They were white. That's why they were let in through Ellis Island. A lot of people were turned away at Ellis Island. Ellis Island wasn't just a a turnstile where everybody come on in. The water's fine. It was a way station. It was a checkout station. If you didn't have somebody in this country willing to take care of you, if you weren't willing or capable of taking care of yourself, you were turned around. If you were sick, they did a health exam on these people. If you were sick, it didn't matter how long your boat journey was over the ocean. You were put on the next one back. 
Hope you didn't get seasick. Why? Because they asked the, really the only question that should matter when it comes to immigration. What do we get out of it? What do we get out of it? You have to add something to it. And the people coming across the southern border, I'm sure this is, there are no true blanket statements. No blanket statement is absolutely true. But they pretty much are all close to being true. And the people sneaking across the southern border are not going to contribute as much as they will take from society. They just won't. They don't speak our language, so already they're consigned to working for Democrats, usually off the books, at a depressed rate. They are likely illiterate in their own language, meaning they're unable to read it. So if you're unable to read in their own language or our language or communicate in our language whatsoever, what prospects do they have going forward? Not many. I always cite this because it's completely relevant. It's probably, I don't know, 15 years ago now. There was one of those big lotteries back in the day when the big lottery was like 400 or 500 million. I forget how much it was, but a guy in New Jersey won it. And it was the media was reporting on this guy in New Jersey. Now, he was, I believe, a legal alien. But he'd been here since the Reagan administration. I think he came over in 86 or 87, something like that. This was 2010, 11, somewhere in, somewhere in there. The guy was a janitor. And the guy needed a translator at his press conference. New Jersey, either he decided he wanted to go public or New Jersey doesn't. Some states don't allow people who win the lottery to keep their names out of the news. So he was there answering press questions and he needed an interpreter to do it. He'd been in the country for like going on 30 years, 20 somebody. He needed a translator at his press conference. That didn't look, there's nothing against janitors. You need janitors, but that's all he was ever going to be because you don't really need to communicate all that much. If you're looking for people who are going to add to society, bring something more than they take from it, you need to be able to communicate. You need to be able to communicate. And the people marching across the southern border can't really communicate, not in any meaningful way. Yeah, they can get picked up in a Home Depot parking lot and do some manual labor for cash and not contribute. Their kids can go to schools public schools who need to slow down the learning process of American kids because they need to catch up the 15-year-old who's in third grade level math and has no idea how to read. So they got to slow down and they got to do language barrier issues. That costs money. That takes time. That damages the prospects of American children doesn't matter what the heritage of the American children are. If it were an influx of Germans, it would still screw up the school system and cost a ton of money. Democrats don't give a damn about it. Well, that's not true. New York Post today. NYC parents fear migrant surge in schools. Quote, this situation is horrible, end quote. See, Democrats suddenly start to care about things when it impacts them, when it's just a bunch of redneck red voters down along the southern border. Who cares? Quit whining, Texas. 
Oh, wait, you're busing them here? Uh, we're being tortured. Post reports Manhattan parents were concerned about the overcrowding in their children's already strained schools a day after City Hall warned of an influx of thousands of migrants in the New York City public schools. Again, there are illegal aliens. Migrants migrate, hence the word being the root. <laughs> migrate. They migrate, come in for the work, they go out when the work goes. They come back for the work. They go out when the work. These people are not planning on going anywhere. And if Democrats have their way, they will be canceling your votes all across the country. They loved it when they were invading red states. Now that it's like overkill and just a drag on finances that they're invading blue states. There's the problem. Quote, the kids are already that are there already crammed. It was 28 kids in my daughter's classroom last year, and that was the second grade. I'm worried that this year it could be 30 plus, you know, 40, said one woman whose child goes to Chelsea Elementary School. See, it's different. How do you think? How do you think that mom voted? How do you think that mom's always voted? Manhattan. Hmm. Is there a chance that she's one of the seven Republicans on the island of Manhattan? I suppose theoretically there is, but it's highly unlikely. See, Democrats only care when things start impacting them. If they're impact, like, okay, wealthy Democrats, let's put it that way. The murders in Chicago don't bother Democrats. Hell, they don't bother Democrats there. They keep electing people who oversee more murders. So, you know, I'd make a joke there, but they already kind of are. So now we got parents in New York concerned. Suddenly, the Democrats in New York are concerned about illegal aliens, only that they might overwhelm the school system for their kids. That's why. Screw Texas. To hell with everybody else. Uh, this is about their kids. Uh, you know, you can't blame them, I suppose. You got to take care of yourself. But it, it's amazing that they're always surprised when the uh the what they do comes back to haunt them i'm trying to think how to best phrase this i always i overuse this but you know it's original and what it, it's true frankenstein's monster always returns to burn the castle it's just how it if you've ever seen the movie that's what happened doesn't work out well for dr frankenstein he unleashes this monster on the world doesn't work out well for the world and then after a while a thing little homing beacon comes in like a salmon going up river to spawn and ends up destroying Dr. Frankenstein. Frankenstein cares a lot more about what's going on once the monster makes it back to the castle. It's weird how that works out. And that's exactly how it is for Democrats. They don't care too much. Oh, it's a tragedy. It's horrible that it's costing the estate so much. However, imagine the cost to the children. Of these sweet, sweet, nourishing migrants, especially the ones with the neck tattoos, pledging their loyalty to MS-13. I don't know what that is. I assume that's some sort of state lottery, but it's wonderful. That shows a real sense of dedication to these young men that they have to their community, etc., etc. Because the people who are being terrorized by MS-13 and the people who are being negatively impacted economically by the influx of cheap under-the-table labor are never the same people who are Democrat stalwarts. 
no one who is worried about going out and maybe running into an MS-13 illegal alien released, welcomed into this country really by Joe Biden, is hoping to make it back from their grocery store run so that they can max out their donation to the Biden-Harris re-election campaign. Say, the, the vice president loves Venn diagrams. That Venn diagram of donors to the Biden re-election campaign and people who live in fear of MS-13 in their neighborhood, that there's no overlap. There's no Venn diagram. It's just two circles, actually not even all that close to each other. I'd say next to each other, but now there's a couple of city blocks in between. So they don't really have to. It's really easy to care and be compassionate by your own definition if you don't ever have to deal with the consequences of your compassion, if you don't ever have to see it. Not too many illegal alien children are going to be holding back the student progress at Sidwell Friends, right? (laughs) How many illegal aliens do you think are going to be hitting the really expensive elite northeastern boarding schools probably none unless you count the cleanup crew on the weekends once the children are safely away in their hamptons homes it's weird what it takes to make democrats care and now we've got this because they're all whining about money 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 Fox News reporting. New York City Mayor Eric Adams said on Wednesday that the city's ongoing migrant crisis is projected to cost the city over $12 billion by 2025 as he renewed his call for more action from the federal government. In that sentence, the word action can be struck and replaced with money. (laughs) The The only action the federal government could take is Sealing the border, doing their job, following the law. He's already, Adams has declared New York to be a sanctuary state. He doesn't really give a damn about people coming in. He doesn't like them coming to New York. But he got to take one for the team because he can't be the first hypocrite to say, all right, we're no longer a sanctuary state because we've been overwhelmed. That just, that wouldn't fly with these people. He'd be excommunicated. There are very few things that gets you excommunicated from the Democrat Party. One would be, you know, being pro-life. One would be, I don't know, thinking that maybe it's not a good idea to have a 13-year-old soldering off their genitals, things like that. Another thing would be to say, hey, we now think that maybe the federal government should enforce the law. No. Pearls will be clutched all across liberal land. The backs of wrists planted firmly to foreheads as fainting couches are dramatically engaged should a Democrat come forward and say such a thing. So instead, it's all, oh, we just need some help. We need some action from the federal government. Action with nine zeros. Nine nine zeros. You heard me. Nine. Quote, since last year, nearly 100 asylum seekers have arrived in our city asking for shelter, and we pass, and we are past our breaking point, Adams said in a statement. It's weird, because literally every small town in Texas where the illegal aliens march across the southern border, that's asylum seekers in a year. That's about asylum seekers in a couple months. 
And you're not dealing with a city of 8 million people down on the southern border. You're dealing with a city of, I don't know, 2,000 people on the southern border. And New York is overwhelmed. They're just overwhelmed that so few, just about you know 1% of the population has shown up. That's a bridge too far. Nobody can handle that. It's horrible, horrible, horrible. Again, those Texas towns, they don't count. They don't matter. They're not real Americans. Mayor Adams continued, New York City has been a left to pick up the pieces of a broken immigration system. I love This is one of my favorite things. Our immigration system is broken. Well, you're only enforcing some of the laws, barely any of them. It, it's amazing how, take your watch apart, take a clock apart, and take the back off, and just reach in and grab a couple of springs or some coils or some gears, or just pull them out, just some of them randomly, and see how well that that clock works. Oh, this is a broken clock. No, you, you removed half the gears. It can't work. The whole thing needs to work. Deportation has to be a part of the process. Immediate deportation. You have no legitimate claim to asylum if you marched through any other country. Really, list, Realistically, the only people who by international law could have a case for asylum would be Mexicans. Honestly, that's true. Because you're supposed to seek asylum. Asylum is supposed to be sought and granted in the first country you come to that you are safe and that you are not being oppressed by whatever the bad sheriff in your town or whatever it is you're allegedly fleeing. Once you're out of your country, you're in the next country, presumably, unless it's Jackie Gleason as Sheriff Buford T. Justice and he's not about to let a little thing like jurisdiction stand in the way of him getting his man... You're safe. Unless you really ticked off somebody. <laughs> we'll start an international war in order to get this person nobody's ever heard of. That's the law. That's the law the left that the elites came up with. That was it. But it doesn't matter anymore. Thanks to Joe Biden. We'll hear you out in five to seven years. You'll never hear from these people again. One that is predicted to cost our city $12 billion over the course of three fiscal years without policy changes and further support from the state and federal governments. There's your ploy from the mayor. Our compassion may be limitless, but our resources are not. Yeah, they are. Prioritize. Come on, defund the police. What could go wrong? Take some money from them and give them to the illegal aliens. Spread the wealth around, my friends. So I did some math because there's some other numbers in here when you get down to brass taxes. Adam says there are currently more than 57,000 people in the city's shelter system and it's spending $8.9 million a day, nearly $300 million a month, and nearly $3.6 billion a year. These are the illegal aliens. The city's migrant roles were highlighted this month when images emerged of scenes outside the Roosevelt Hotel, which is acting as an arrival center and where lines of adult migrants could be seen camping outside the building. Of course, you want to look at that's the welcome center. Look at the places where they've been settled by the the city, the hotels that they've been put in. And you would think that Hunter Biden came through on a bender. Prostitutes everywhere, drug a problem. I thought these were the go-getters ready to get out. All they seem to be doing is cooking, whoring, and drinking. 
and drugging. Hmm. I'm sure that the I'm going to be a net positive to society that Democrats promise us they truly are is going to kick in at some point, right? Anyway, I did some math on this. I took the numbers right there in the story. 57,000 people, 9.8 million a day, 300 million a month, $3.6 billion a year. So per day, per illegal alien, if they're spending $9.8 million, they're spending $171.92 per day on every single one of these sweet, 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 nourishing illegal aliens. Oh, love them. Single tear down the side of my head. They're better than us. They are. Then you go to the per month number, $300 million per month. They're spending $5,263.15 per sweet, 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 nourishing illegal alien per month. Now, that's per illegal alien. A lot of these people are coupled up, and that counts kids, too. It counts kids. The average rental price in New York City is up again, up a lot again this year. It's up to, I believe it's $5,300 a month. Maybe it's $5,500. Whatever it is, it's right around the cost per sweet, sweet, nourishing illegal alien that the city says they are currently spending on these things. These are for apartments. If you have a family, you got 15, 16 grand a month that the city's spending on you if you take their numbers seriously. You could get a really sweet place, probably in Greenwich Village, maybe down near where Taylor Swift lives for that kind of money. I mean, not in the same building. That'd be ridiculous. It'd be a lot more than that. But somewhere down in that neighborhood, you could. A loft, a studio, something or other. Seems to me that the city could maybe tighten their belt a little bit and get a little smarter about how they spend that money. Instead of paying to fix up hotels that the better-than-you-are illegal aliens are trashing and burning up with crack and meth and God knows what else is crawling around there with the prostitutes. Maybe you put them in an apartment building. See, but with this kind of money available for rent, you'd again be running into that, hey, you can live in a building where people who write checks to the DNC, the Democrats live. They don't want that. Nobody lives in those downtown hotels that they've overtaken, that they're damaging. Not a whole lot of Dylan McKay's. There's a nice reference for you. Down there, he lived in the first couple of seasons in a hotel in 90210. Nope. Well, then you go to the per year cost, and you could just really just cut a check and get rid of these people pretty damn quickly. Because if they're spending $3.6 billion, with a B per year per Sweet, sweet, nourishing, illegal alien. You are looking, my friends, at $63,157 per. I'll repeat that number. $63,157 per illegal alien per year. Just times that by a family of three, you got $189,471. Now, it's kind of funny because these illegal aliens are up there and they're now complaining about their accommodations, mostly because they come in, they trashed a place, or some of them trashed a place, and everybody goes, hey, this place is trashed. You look at any public housing anywhere, and you go, this place is trashed. Yeah, you know why? Because there's no ownership. There's, There's no incentive. Somebody else takes care of stuff. There's no incentive to take care of anything. It's the same thing with something really, really cheap. My first few cars were 
four hundred. My first three cars were four hundred bucks a piece. Junkers. They were old. They had a ton of mileage. I was never gonna. I was never gonna get any resale value out of them. They were in decent shape when I got them, as far as physical. But I mean, they're well past their prime. I didn't clean them. It was gonna rain eventually. Four hundred dollars. And then I finally bought my first new car. 2012 I think it was it was a Mini Cooper I got that thing every Saturday I was washing that car every Saturday I was vacuuming that car I took care I made payments on that car I had I was going to take care of that car you're damn right I was proud of that car I earned that car the other car like $400 yeah sure whatever cost more to get insurance for the year than it did to get the damn 1979 Volari station wagon with 200,000 miles on it so you have ownership. You have the pride of ownership. You don't have that when the city's putting you up in a hotel. You don't have that. Why would you? You put a hole in the drywall in the in the hallway, and somebody else will come along and fix it. And then sooner or later, there's so many holes that nobody comes along and fixes it. And you go, well, this place is a terrible, terrible. Well, why'd you put all the holes in the hallway? I, I don't know. And why'd you carve your name in the bathroom wall? Well, for $189,471 for a family of three that the city is spending on the, again, the, can't stress this enough, sweet, sweet, nourishing, illegal alien, you could send those people just about anywhere. That's, that's more than the average gender studies moron who goes to Smith College ends up owing in student loans. You could pay that off. Hell, maybe you get an influx of Smith College graduates coming to New York claiming asylum so they can get their slice of the pie. But it would solve the problem, except it wouldn't actually solve the problem because the problem is the illegal aliens streaming across the border in the world's dumbest game of Red Rover ever, led by our senile, dementia-suffering, never-been-too-bright-his-whole-life president of the United States. Isn't that interesting? I don't ever want to talk about that. It's somehow... Always comes back to it's Republicans' fault. Why, if Republicans would just grant amnesty to everybody, then everybody who rushed the border at the request and invite of the President of the United States would then become legal and we wouldn't have this illegal immigration problem, except for you have no plans whatsoever to seal the border. We've heard this song before, 1986. Reagan's amnesty deal, his greatest regret as president. We shouldn't play that. The immigration system isn't broken. They're just refusing to enforce it. They're refusing to follow the law. It's not the system that's broken. It's the Democrats who are. In other news, it's not all just illegal aliens. I do love this. Uh, I'm not going to get the, uh, I'm not going to play the audio, but I just saw from, uh, our buddies over there at Newsbusters, they tweeted out, Jonah Goldberg mocks small-dollar campaign donors. Quote, large donors actually have a strategic view about, the, about modernization. Who can win? Who can't? Small donors are really just venting their spleen with their credit cards. I don't know if he went on to then make a pitch for people to subscribe to his, uh, is it the Bulwark or the, I don't know, he's got some website with Steve Hayes. He holds you in contempt, but he'll take your money from you. <laughs> I just, I, I don't get these people. I mean, I guess you, you grow up never really, you know, sort of 
let's just say, use the left term privileged there's something to be said about that people who are insulated from reality that they uh they really can't relate to people not real people not human beings all right we've got other news we've got the biden administration it really is the obama administration part two electric boogaloo there are americans being held in iran right now they're always being they're always americans being held all across the world it's you know it's almost enough to make you not want to go to anywhere but you're safe in most places but there are certain places where the state department isn't joking around when they say hey you probably shouldn't go vacation in iraq or whatever hey you want to go these check out property values in afghanistan it certainly would check a box. There wouldn't be very many other people with that stamp in their passport. However, is it really worth it? Maybe you should avoid it. And Iran is one of those people where you're like, why would anybody go to Iran? Well, I always hear the argument. We have family there. We have family. Uh, I don't care. Like who is the the if you that's part of the uh, argument that the left says we need family reunification, we need to welcome people into this country, we need to put families back together. Look, if you move to another country and you can't function or whatever, you get the sads because you miss everybody you left behind in your country, all your your aunts, your uncles, your mom, your dad, your brothers, your sisters, your cousins, whatever. Uh, go back. We not it's not well. We wouldn't want you to feel bad sorry go back nobody made you leave them all right go visit them most people move and go visit their family it's pretty simple pretty basic but these people are insane anyway there is a new deal with iran for the americans who have been held hostage this is uh, quite the story i think it's associated press story the United States and Iran have reached an agreement to win the freedom. Gotta love that verbiage. Win the freedom of five imprisoned Americans in exchange for several jailed Iranians and the unfreezing of about $6 billion in Iranian oil revenue, according to several people familiar with the deal. Now, I don't know about you. There are lots of ways to describe that. Winning the freedom is not one of them. You won the freedom? You do a coin toss. All right. Heads, they're free. Tails, uh, you get Cleveland or something. That would be we won it. This is not winning the freedom. This is buying the freedom. This is, dare I say it, negotiating with terrorists. I know you're not allowed to say that. The United States does not negotiate with terrorists. But we do give pallets full of cash to terrorists on a seemingly regular basis when we have Democrats in office. <laughs> then we, it's, all, it's game on. Unbelievable. That's really what it, I want to play you a clip of Andrea Mitchell announcing this deal on uh, MSNBC so she can give you the more details. We have breaking news from Iran, where four detained Americans have been moved from the notorious Evan prison in Tehran. NBC News has learned that the detainees have been transported to a location in the capital where they're 
We're going to join a fifth American detainee under house arrest, while a number of other steps are going to be taken to free up $6 billion in Iran's oil revenue being held in a South Korean account that could only be used for humanitarian purposes like food or medicine. The U.S. government has identified three of the Americans held in Iran to us that are part of the deal. Uh, Samak Namazi, seen here with his father, he was arrested in 2015 and charged with espionage. Imad Shargi was arrested in 2018 and two years later told he had been convicted of espionage without even a trial and sentenced to years in jail. Amirad Tabaz, a renowned conservationist who is trying to protect an endangered species of cheetah from extinction and has been detained in Iran since January of 2018. Sucks for each one of them. It sucks for each one of them, but don't go to Iran. It's pretty, you, you saw your chances of being held hostage. They're not detainees, they're hostages. Your chances as an American of being held hostage by Iran decrease pretty dramatically if you don't go to Iran. And I know, oh, we've got family in Iran. Well, if your family can leave Iran, get your family to meet you in it. If they don't want to leave Iran, they want to continue to live in Iran, who cares? They don't need to come here. But get them out of her and go to Dubai. Meet some third country where you go and, and you're not likely to be kidnapped by Iran. To go to Iran and you're kidnapped in a shocking in a shocking development, a terrorist state acts like a bunch of terrorists. Don't be surprised. In the United States coming to look, I'm all I got it. The government has to take care of American citizens. But first and foremost, American citizens have to take care of American citizens, right? You have to take care of yourself. You have to not do stupid things. Don't do stupid things. Don't go. Remember that couple? I think they were, I think they were American. One of them might have been like half Canadian or something where they were in. They, for some reason, thought it would be super cool to go hiking or climbing mountains in Iraq, during like during the uh, it wasn't it was during the occupation, it wasn't during the actual shooting war, it was during the uh, insurgency or whatever, and they went hiking and they ended up in Iran. Remember they they were eventually let go, but they're hiking and they ended up in Iran. Like oh it was a total honest mistake. Well you shouldn't have gone to Iraq in the first place. I'm sorry I can't have a lot of sympathy for you being stupid in fact i have no sympathy for people actually being stupid i watch somebody bang their head against the wall and go man i got a headache i don't know what the deal is thunk i man my headache thunk hey here's a here's a thought i'll give you one maybe stop banging your head against the wall see if that just stops the the headache or at least takes it down a notch i don't know thunk well i've stopped caring you've lost me Six billion dollars for five Americans, and then you toss in a couple of Iranians. We don't just go, hey, you're from this country, we're going to take you. At least we don't yet. The Biden administration, if they see political advantage to that, they will. They're doing it to Republicans, but they do it to Americans. They don't do it to foreigners. So these people that we're freeing, I would assume, have done things that warrants their imprisonment. So we're letting them go. And we're giving $6 billion, $1.2 billion per American. We don't negotiate with terrorists. 
And I guess the Biden administration could probably say that still to this day. We do not negotiate with terrorists. And then the caveat would be the parenthetical unspoken subtext is we don't negotiate with them. We give them exactly what they want. They want a whole bunch of their own citizens who've committed crimes in this country and six billion bucks. Go ahead. Now, they say that this money is going to be earmarked. They can only use this six billion dollars. For humanitarian purposes. Oh, humanitarian purposes. Well, see, if you have $100 in your bank account for dinner and somebody says, well, I'll give you $100, but you, uh, you got to use it for something else. You, gotta, you can only use it for dinner or whatever. Well, now you've got $100 that you can use on other things, right? You don't have to use your $100 for dinner. You got $100 for dinner from somebody else. Now you got $100 you can spend on booze or whatever. If you give them $6 billion, they can only spend this $6 billion on this. Well, great. We'll take the money we normally spent on that, slice off $6 billion of it, and then we'll use that for whatever. I will say this appears to be slightly better, although we don't know the details and it's early and it wouldn't surprise me if this ended up being just like the Obama deal where they flew in pallets full of cash, euros and American dollars, literal pallets or uh, pallets full of cash. And if we give them pallets full of cash again, it'd be just as stupid. Why? Because if you give people transfer, if you transfer them money, you can follow that money, the electronic thing. Like, oh, you've transferred it now to Switzerland. Then you transferred it to Germany. And then you've transferred it to somebody who's staying in this hotel. And now we can maybe look into who that person is. They're on a watch list. Let's go get them. That sort of thing. And we can see that you're funding, funding terrorism. So it really makes it difficult. Not impossible, but much more difficult for Iran to do what Iran is inclined to do. But if you give them cash... All it takes is somebody with a diplomatic bag to throw a couple hundred thousand dollars or whatever is needed into a bag with a diplomatic pouch, fly off to whatever city it is under the guise of I'm here on official business. It's diplomat. This is embassy stuff. You cannot check this. And you can give people the cash all they want. And then suddenly this person's got cash. And then suddenly something horrible happens. And you go, how did we can't trace the money? How did we not see this coming? Well, you didn't see it coming. Because the Obama administration, the Obama-Biden administration, gave them huge piles of cash, thereby freeing them to do whatever the hell it is they want to do, wherever in the world they want to do it. So, yeah, you can feel good. Right, Americans are getting to come out. They're not going to be held in Iran anymore, eventually, although they say it's going to take weeks or months so the whole thing could fall apart. And if anybody could screw up a tap and put it, it would be Joe Biden. With his mental capacity, he's three inches from the cup and he'll reach for a wedge and drive it into the audience or something like that. You never, what was it that uh, Robert Gates, the former uh, Secretary of Defense, said famously about Joe Biden? Or no, it was Barack Obama who said it. Robert Gates said that Joe Biden is on the wrong side of every issue in foreign policy throughout his whole life. Barack Obama said, never underestimate Joe Biden's ability to F things up. So you can be glad 
that Americans will be allegedly being freed from a terrorist state, but you can also look at it and go, now you've just given the rest of the world despotic regimes a playbook on how to get a whole bunch of money, even if it's their money that we have seized, that we have frozen. And when you look at it that way, heed these words. If you take anything else away from the show today, let it be this. Don't vacation in terrorist states. I don't care who you got. You got a nice, lovely auntie in North Korea, and you got somebody who can sneak you in there to say, nope. I mean, go ahead. It's your life. Live it how you want. But don't expect me to cry for you, Argentina, when you get caught and you get screwed over, because I just can't, won't be able to bring myself. Since we were talking about illegal aliens, I want to take a trip up the New England way to Massachusetts. Now, I love this. Massachusetts Sanctuary State. And the beautiful, brilliant thing that Greg Abbott invented, created, and uh, Ron DeSantis followed, but you got to give props where it's due, is Greg Abbott, who started, is flying and busing these illegal aliens to places in the country where Democrats have said, no, everybody should be welcome. So you take the border states, and it's really easy to be a Northeastern liberal and go, oh, those other states, those border states, they need to just deal with this. They need to just deal with this. It's a humanitarian crisis. I don't know what they're grousing for. It's horrible and mean and nasty and racist to sit there and say, you know, you should enforce the law and you shouldn't let people come in, so on and so forth. It's really easy to be magnanimous when you're not impacted by it, just like it's really easy and simple to be wildly generous with other people's money. You look at Joe Biden's career. You look at most Democrats. Bernie Sanders, not a big giver to charity. Just never really been a big, just not into charity. Government. Paying taxes is charity to most leftists. You remember famously Bill Clinton and Bill and Hillary Clinton wrote off donations of Bill's used underwear. When they donated, they wrote down, they itemized everything, Bill's used underwear. Did they... Did the people they donated those to get uh, to write off the cost of the penicillin shot? I don't, I don't know. And Joe Biden famously, famously cheap in his, cam- in his uh, charitable donations. It's like 1%. It was embarrassing to the point that when he ran for vice president, they released his taxes. They had to go and, and up the money that they were giving because... The Biden family didn't give anything. They just didn't. They were wildly cheap. Well, when the uh, chickens come home to roost, when the shoe goes on the other foot, it does get pretty funny in my book, watching Democrats scramble, just like we talked about in New York. Now, Massachusetts, they're already overwhelmed. Oh, it's just terrible. Lieutenant governor up there is a woman called Kim Driscoll. And they come up with an idea up in Massachusetts that I suspect is going to be as popular as a fart in a car. And it involves people just welcoming in illegal aliens into their home. Just come on. If you got a spare room, you got a couch, you got a landlord, you got the open it, give it to an what could possibly go wrong? You, you think I'm oversimplifying or exaggerating this 
you couldn't be more wrong. Here is the uh, lieutenant governor of Massachusetts at a press conference just, I believe, earlier this morning. Most importantly, if you have an extra room or suite in your home, please consider hosting a family. Safe housing and shelter is our most pressing need. Become a sponsor family. You can contact the Brazilian Worker Center for more information on how you can step up if you're willing to have an additional family be part of your family. If you're a local official, a college president, a business owner, or a faith leader with an available building or space in your community, please work with us to offer it as a shelter site. If you're a social service provider, please consider becoming an emergency assistance homeless shelter provider. Our resources are stretched thin there as well. And if you're a hotel or a motel owner, consider opening it up for emergency assistance. If you're a landlord or a property owner, we can use you too. We can connect you with service providers to help transition families into permanent housing. Everyone has something they can offer. <laughs> Everyone has something they can. Well, what are you going to be offering up, uh, Madam Lieutenant Governor? Anything? I, I don't know. I'm just asking a question because everybody has something they can offer. Notice what's not missing there. And we will help cover the costs of this. We will, I don't know, just ensure what's going on. We'll take care. There's nothing. There's just, hey, take some people in, will you? please. See, they're up there, just like in New York, whining and complaining that their resources are strained. Again, you're dealing with an entire state of Massachusetts. And they are overwhelmed by what a small town in Texas deals with on a weekly basis. This from the Commonwealth, a nonprofit news organization up there in New England. The Massachusetts State Shelter System, now serving around 20,000 people across uh, 56 families, uh, 5,600 families, is strained to almost to capacity, a, quote, humanitarian crisis of migrant families drawing renewed attention to the ongoing Bay State housing crisis. The governor made an emergency declaration asking for federal aid to deal with the impact of the migrant influx. Now, I love this. And, you know, Kirsten Sinema, senator from Arizona, independent senator from Arizona, you got to love her because she... She's wrong on most of the issues, but on the issues she's right on, the issues where she's like, you know what, I don't, I'm a Democrat or was a Democrat, but you're screwing my state. She's great on it. She won't get rid of the filibuster. You got to love that. God forbid. I really hope that Republicans nominate somebody who can actually win out in Arizona. But short of that, keeping Kirsten Sinema will be much better than any of the Democrats that are up there. Republicans maybe shouldn't should consider not even bothering to nominate somebody. We nominate Kirsten Cinema. But the other day she was saying that she was very angry, Senator Cinema was, because the Biden administration was sending emergency funds to New York State to help with the migrant crisis, the migrant crisis. Why the hell are they sending money to New York State? They're not sending money to border states, really. And, you know, Arizona, frankly, should. Arizona is, for all intents and purposes, a blue state. They've got two Democrat senators. They've got a Democrat governor. Might as well be honest about it. But they're not interested 
Biden administration is ignoring the crush in Texas. Like, hey, man, what are you going to do? We give them phones. We put them on buses and move them a couple of miles from the border and then say good luck to you. There are school districts down in Texas that have tens of thousands of kids now. It's just a complete and total disaster. And the Biden administration hasn't said squat about it. They don't care. They do not care. They will not care. But New York... Oh, no, New York goes a little bit sideways because they're getting their way on the southern border. And suddenly everybody comes running and the federal government comes in and says, here, here's a whole bunch of money. Please don't feel badly about it. It's okay. It's okay. No, don't ever do that. So as you listen to these people whine about we need this and we need it's all about they want money. It's all about they can't be, the Democrats don't want to be the first one. None of these governors, none of these mayors, they, want, they can't be, the, the first one is going to get excommunicated from the party. The first one to come out and say, we should probably deal with the southern border. We should probably, I don't know, secure the southern border. Nope. That's heresy. That's heresy. That's like saying that Barack Obama did have some scandals in his administration. It wasn't just that he wore a tan suit one day. It was Officer Brian Terry, the Border Patrol, being murdered by a gun that the, Biden, the Obama administration forced the sale of to the Mexican drug cartels, things like that. Sicking the IRS on American citizens because they have differing political views than you. Not super cool, kind of a scandal. You can't say those things in polite democratic circles. You want to ruin Thanksgiving. Well, only if it's a Democrat Thanksgiving. And you can f tell that if it's a tofu chunk on your plate and not a nice hunk of bird. Yeah. Fun, fun people. Speaking of fun, fun people, the President of the United States is at it again. This is uh, more of your money. Like I say, it's really, really easy to be super generous with somebody else's money. I would be a world-class philanthropist if somebody just gave me all their credit cards and access to their bank accounts. The Associated Press. The Biden administration on Thursday asked Congress to provide more than $13 billion in emergency defense aid to Ukraine and an additional $8 billion for humanitarian support through the end of the year. I thought we'd already sent and Congress had authorized billions upon like $100 billion and they keep blowing through it. Now, maybe this means nothing to Joe, because as we saw, Biden Family Inc. really raked in the money. And Hunter tried to plead poverty about child support to the illegitimate granddaughter that the president finally acknowledged when all other options had been exercised. So the idea of people just blowing through money like they're on a bender or they're playing a weird version of Brewster's Millions isn't that big of a shock to them. But to the American people, the rest of Congress, at some point, somebody has to stand up and say, wait a second, we need a little bit of accounting for what, this, what happened to this money. Where'd the money go already? And are we just playing for a tie? And realistically, we are just playing for a tie. For a relatively small amount of money, yes, billions of dollars, nothing to sniff at. But in the grand scheme of things, when you got a government spending $5 trillion, it's next to nothing. 
you can get Russia to spend a whole bunch of money and maybe they're trying to break Russia. Maybe they're trying to occupy Russia, but they seem to be pushing for a stalemate. For a uh, quagmire over there. They don't really seem to be all that interested in peace. They don't really seem to be all that interested in stopping the killing. They seem to be interested in, look, in, in one way we should be grateful for what happened in Ukraine. It exposed Russia as being not a complete paper tiger, because nobody's really a paper tiger when you've got thousands of nuclear weapons, but a bloated, lazy, horrible situation with their military. We, and it's really sort of exposed how failed our intelligence community is, that our assessment of Russia was so far off. They are just this side of a superpower. They are a formidable military. And then they invade Ukraine and they get stuck in the mud. And they be going, well, they didn't really think when the road would thaw out. You're like, wait a second. They didn't know when the road would thaw? First of all, how do they not know when a road would thaw out? And secondly, how does it matter if the road thaws out? I don't think the U.S. would be all that. It certainly, you know, cost some more gas or whatever. But I'm pretty sure we could go around and deal with some muddy roads, I would think. So I think what happened is that, like I've said before, the Russians were rotten at the top. Putin is a rotten guy. He's been ripping off the country forever. Horrible, horrible guy. And the people around him are going, well, you know what? He's ripping off. We're going to rip off too. You just can't, you got to make sure that there's enough, that the money goes, to, you got to kick it up to the top. You wet your beak as you kick it up to the top. And then all the people in the, on the way down the food chain, particularly in the military, because that's where most of the money is or was over there, that was not oligarch held. They said, well, I'm going to wet my beak too. All we really got to do as a military is be able to have enough tanks to populate a parade through Red Square and have enough troops that aren't drunk and bloated being able to goose step through Red Square for our annual May Day parades or whatever. And if the parade's long enough, you could probably use some tanks and some troops again because nobody's going to remember. And we can just circle the block and come back. We just got to have enough people that nobody notices there's no gaps in there. And everybody was rotting, and they forgot about, I don't know, maintaining their equipment, buying new equipment, upgrading their equipment, training their troops, all of this stuff. You watch some of it, at least from the beginning of the war, the footage from the Russian side, and you're sitting there, you're going, that's, that's somebody's grandpa. That might be somebody's great-grandpa. Now, maybe you uh, rode hard and put away wet or whatever, and you lead a hard-drinking lifestyle if you're stuck over in Putin's Russia or something, and you age a lot faster. But I don't think that's uniform to everybody, and it sure as hell seemed to be uniform to everybody over there in the footage we saw. But you look at that mess and you go, Russia is not... Now, we sort of have dragged this out to the point, rather than pushing for peace saving Putin some of that face so he wouldn't then go back and 
kick every one of his generals in the butt, probably replace a bunch of them, disappear some other people and say, you need to really make sure that we can do X, Y, and Z and our military is up to snuff. And then really light a fire that caused them to get their button gear. If we could have ended this early and committed the heresy of trying to negotiate some kind of peace, well, maybe Russia wouldn't be so inclined to do that. Now that Russia has had more time, now that Russia has gotten its sea legs back, they're doing a lot better. They're doing a lot better. Of course, they're willy-nilly, randomly launching rockets into Ukraine, which is its own special kind of evil, and there's a special place in hell for Vladimir Putin. But the objective shouldn't be to worry about the structural and border integrity of Ukraine as much as it should be making sure that this whole thing doesn't spill into World War III, right? Or go nuclear or whatever. But now the Biden administration doesn't seem to be anything like that. They're just a bank cutting checks out of our accounts. Because why? Because why not? Anything else seems an awful lot like work. All right, looking at the... uh, the news as we see it and what's going on today. You got to love these attacks on Clarence Thomas. They are re- the left. The right could learn something from the left, not how to lie. Many people, everybody knows how to lie, but how to be relentless. There's one thing the left is, is relentless. My God, they are absolutely tireless they are like the borg they can they're like a terminator you can't be reasoned with there's nothing going to stop them unless you get them into a compactor and smash them down the uh you gotta love what passes for news nowadays too msnbc they're citing morning joe is citing claire mccaskill who's an MSNBC contributor. She's an actually she's an MSNBC employee. That's her job. That and being rich. She was um, one of the richest members of the United States Senate for the short while she was there. Family owns a private plane and all that sort of thing. But nobody cared more about the poor than the people who desperately try to keep them as far away from them as possible by never having to fly next to them in a commercial airliner. They are the ones who care more about the poor than anybody. Nobody cares more about the poor than John Kerry as he empties his plane's chemical toilet on the uh, south side of Boston, getting all over Southie down there. Well, Claire McCaskill, and this tells you the state of journalism today. There is a news story at msnbc.com about what an MSNBC employee said on MSNBC. (laughs) Why? Because nobody else had said it about Clarence Thomas. Because most people look at these ProPublica smear jobs, and look, ProPublica's got to do them because they've been paid to do them. Like every good assassin out there in the world, you've been paid to hit your target. So you, you don't stop, you don't go, eh... I'm going to hammer the check, but I'm not really going to pull the trigger. No, that wouldn't fly with the people writing the checks. You've got to drop the cash off. You've got to follow through. And so ProPublica has to keep going through the motions. And then the leftist media has to continue to go through the pearl clutching, going, oh, my goodness, I can't believe. I can't believe what's going on. This is terrible. What a horrible blah, 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 blah. 
So the, the story, quote, the appearance of impropriety is so crystal clear here, and if nothing is done about it, it's going to further erode the legitimacy of this court. End quote, says Claire McCaskill, a new reporting detailing allegations about Justice Clarence Thomas's lavish gifts. Now, you love this. Alle- detailing allegations, detailing a left-wing organization accusing a conservative of criminal wrongdoing or not even criminal wrongdoing of weird things, you know, because they're not detailing allegations, detailing allegations, not of criminal activity of lavish gifts from friends. Now, I don't know. I don't have any billionaire friends, but if you had a billionaire friend and you're not a billionaire, I'd imagine the billionaire picks up the check an awful lot, right? The billionaire is the one who goes, hey, I've rented a private island or I own a private island. Why don't you come down to the private island? You don't have to buy a piece of the private island. Because otherwise, if it was just like, well, billionaires can only hang around with people who can afford to live the lifestyle of a billionaire, they're going to be pretty damn lonely. There aren't that many people who can live the life of a billionaire. And so some billionaire goes, hey, let's go out to dinner every single day to the most expensive restaurant in the world. Most people would go, I I, I can't do that. I go once in a while, but I can't. All right, well, I'll pick it up since my network worth will have increased by more than that much by the time we get the check. So it's no big deal. It's not a scandal. Unless, of course, you're trying to lie. You don't like a black man because he dares think for himself. Then you send out crunchy old rich white ladies with private jets to go, hey, it's wrong. This guy's corrupt. He's ruining the legitimacy of the court. There's no concern from Claire McCaskill, who's just an awful person, by the way. There's no concern from Claire McCaskill that Sonia Sotomayor has made, what was it, $5 million off of the seemingly forced sale of her book to every institution, every left-wing institution, where she has spoken since getting on the court? She writes her books and then, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll speak at the commencement. I'll speak to the university. I'll speak to faculty. You just better make sure that you buy a copy of my book for every one of your students on campus. Don't worry. It's a money laundering scheme. Now, it's weird because the former mayor of Baltimore who went to prison for a very similar scheme of her Healthy Holly books, forcing lobbyists to buy a whole bunch of her books, she's, she went to prison. And she's sitting there going, well, Sonia Sotomayor, I should have only forced the sale of my books to colleges and universities. Then I'd be in, in good standing. Then I'd be fine. But they're going after Clarence Thomas. And the news media is reporting on what a member of the news media said about a story that only people in the news media care about. It's the ultimate snake eating its own tail. That's really what the media is, a snake eating its own. You can't swallow fast enough as far as I'm concerned. And it's not just MSNBC, although they are the worst. CNN, you got to wonder, look, people over at Discovery, you own CNN. If you can't unload it, first of all, you should be able to unload it pretty well. Its only value is in the fact that it's in every single house that has cable. It's part of every single cable package out there. That's its only value. 
People don't seem to realize that. CNN has a lot of value because of that. Remember when Al Gore sold Current TV for $300 million to Al Jazeera? He didn't sell it for $300 million because, my God, the audience at Current TV is gigantic and Al Jazeera wanted a piece of it. No, Al Jazeera wanted it because it was in something like 80 million homes across the country. That's what it was. Nobody watched it. Its ratings were in the toilet, but it had inherent value because it had a potential audience. Most of cable, most of cable in general has potential audience. It's whether or not they get clearances in various markets and the number of houses they're in. Very few of them actually make a profit. Very few of them actually make a profit. They have value that they can manipulate through stock sale and whatever that they can, because they are in so many houses, they can get capital, they get investments like that. It's uh, it's a screwed up thing, but it's how it works. CNN has a lot of value. That and the people who do ad buying in New York have deemed the audience at CNN to be more valuable to advertisers than the audience at Fox. Why? Because they claim to have studies that declare the Fox audience is less educated than the CNN audience. CNN audience has advanced degrees, many of them multiple degrees. A lot of CNN viewers have letters after their names, impressive letters that they're forced people to dress them by, that sort of thing. And so therefore, they have more disposable, they make more money, they have more disposable income. And so on a per ad basis, it costs more money to run an ad on CNN for a smaller audience than it does on Fox for a larger audience. That's another way that the left manipulates the market and damages conservatives. Just is. But anyway, back to what I was going to say about CNN. In the last month, they've made two hires over at CNN. First, from CNN PR a month ago, join us in welcoming Kate Bedingfield to CNN as a political commentator. Welcome at KBeds. Oh, yay, Kate Bedingfield. She, if that name sounds familiar, she's the former White House communications director under Joseph Robinette Biden. Okay, and then just today... Another one. Join us in welcoming Jamal Simmons to CNN as a political commentator. Welcome, Jamal Simmons. Yay, who is Jamal Simmons? Well, he is the former communications director for the vice president of the United States. See, they're, they're celebrating diversity over there at CNN. Yeah, what kind of music do you have here? We have both kinds, country and western. What kind of commentary do you have here? We have both kinds. We have from the president's office and from the vice president's office. Oh, because sometimes you need a white woman to say something that everybody else on the network is saying, and sometimes you need a black man to say what everybody on the, the network is all in agreement on. <laughs> and people wonder, and I love it because every once in a while, especially on CNN, they don't, they don't even pretend to care anymore that nobody trusts the media on MSNBC. They really just don't. So they... Uh, Every once in a while, the CNN panel is like, we really have to deal with this uh, lack of trust in the media. Lack of trust in the media 
It's really, and then they go on it for five, ten minutes to complain about Fox News. And I'm like, wait a second. But no, 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 no. Uh, maybe, maybe part of the problem is is you guys. You should find a, a reflective surface, John King. Maybe you should find a reflective surface, Jake Tapper. But their little fragile egos cannot allow for that prospect. They can't allow for that. Maybe you look at your own PR department, welcoming the two top communicators in this current administration. What do you think? Are they going to come in guns blazing, critical of the Obama, of the uh, Biden-Harris administration? Or are they just going to go out there and belch up absolutely everything that everybody on uh, CNN is already going to say? Why would anybody tune into this? Discovery of talking to you. You guys own this. I get that you pushed out Chris Licht. He was terrible. He doesn't have any sense of what news should be. He was a stupid entertainment producer. He had no business being up there. You need somebody who actually likes the news, who's interested in the news, and has some semblance of going, we should have standards in news. That ain't Chris Licht. That's not the way. That worked. But whoever you got slapped in there, it really doesn't matter who you've got running it up at the top. The problem is the rot throughout the body. If you remember, when Sean Spicer left the White House, not a single outlet would touch him. Fox actually, to their shame, put out a press release going, we are not going to hire Sean Spicer. I don't, I don't know why you needed to announce that to the world. You could have just not done it. You don't have to kind of be... If Bill asked me to the prom, there's no way in God's green earth I'm going anywhere near the prom or anywhere with Bill. He's got acne and he smells. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Bill, how do you even know Bill was going to ask you? Maybe Bill didn't want to ask you. It just seemed wildly unnecessary. CNN and MSNBC were not interested, not going to say, not going to hire him. He ended up at Newsmax for a long time, but it was unnecessary. It was weird. But there isn't a single Democrat that doesn't have somebody with a press pass and a golden parachute waiting for them outside the White House gates. At the end of the Obama administration, I believe Wolf Blitzer and Jake Tapper and Dana Bash were driving Ubers from the White House to CNN to get as many people as they possibly could. Like, come on, here, we've got sandwiches in this car. Come on. MSNBC had Rachel Maddow out there promising them everything. Come on, if you just get into this car, we'll go to MSNBC and we have alcohol. It's okay. We're a judgment-free zone. So many of these deep staters became deep media people. Deep, ironically course because none of them are particularly bright none of them are particularly interesting but you just it's weird to watch it's funny to watch it's sad to watch and then every once in a while when they go geez why doesn't the public really like us they don't trust us anymore well coming after the break we're going to talk about russia and how the trump administration is still uh, okay yeah okay what about the president's family who actually got millions of dollars from russians who live in Russia, including the wife of the former mayor of Moscow. Since you're all into, you know, people with close ties to administrations, familial ties to administrations, um, dealing with Russians, maybe you want to look into that one. I don't know. Have a discussion with it about it. Nope. 
It's not the way it works. But after the break, we'll try and figure out why it is we're the least trusted name in news. Hmm. Can't imagine why. All right, that is enough for today, I think. Start your weekend. Go ahead. Do it. Why not? I appreciate you listening, downloading, sharing, telling a friend, all that good stuff. Don't forget, be uh, be nice to my buddy Dean next week. You'll like him. Give him a chance. Give him a chance. He's very, very smart, very, very funny. Dry sense of humor. Dry sense of humor. Good stuff. Uh, don't forget, the Curse program will be up at midnight tonight, 12.01, to be exact, Eastern Time. The Week in F and Review, patreon.com slash Podcast or derekhunter.locals.com. I'll see you then, hopefully. Thank you.